welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Last week we started this new series called On Repeat that Kerry mentioned before and it's, it's really looking at things that we need to be reminding ourselves of continuously. Things that we need to remind ourselves, remind each other of because the consequences of forgetting them uh, are significant. The consequences of forgetting these things about, uh, about who we are and about who God is. Some things about our identity, who we are as sons and, and daughters of, of God, who, uh, some, of the, some of the things around, that, and that was a little bit of kind of what we talked about last week is that we are uh, loved. I wonder how you went with keeping that, if you were here last week, who, how many of you were here last week? How did you go with keeping that on repeat, like meditating on that and the things that we talked about last week? Did you find that you were remembering things? Did you find that you had to be proactive in reminding yourself about these things? Maybe. How many of you have found that you were forgetting and then something had happened and you go, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be remembering that? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I, I think you're not alone there. And I think that a lot of us have to work at remembering these things, not only because we get busy and, and, and there are a lot of voices that clamour for our attention, but there's also a spiritual enemy that wants to steal away those things from us. It wants to steal away our identity. It wants to steal away that, that knowledge of who God is. It wants to steal away that knowledge of, uh, of Him working for us and, and all the things that God's Word says. And so we've got to be active we cannot be complacent about remembering these things. And so that's the, some of the things that we're going to be talking about through this series are those things that the enemy wants to steal away from us. And, and we need to be reminded, God uh, encourages us, God commands us to remember these things. And last week we, I shared this verse uh, from Second Peter and, and it's Peter, the Apostle Peter and he's, he's writing to believers and he says, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth, you have been taught. He says, I, I, I'm not embarrassed. I, I, don't, uh, I don't apologize for repeating myself because it's so important for you that we remember these things, that we be reminded about these things. Uh, Jesus, when he talked about, when he was talking to his disciples, and we, we touched on this passage last week in John 15, when he talks about he's the vine and we're the branches and we to stay connected to him. And one of the things that he says uh, is, he says, remain in me and let my words remain in you. And we need to allow those words of Jesus, those commands of Jesus, the things that Jesus says about us to stay firmly planted. We need to protect those words and we need to make sure that they stay in us. This week, I, I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about this topic, nothing is impossible. This, this is the, the, the topic, nothing is impossible. I've kind of broken it up into two parts. And the first part is nothing is impossible for God. Do you know what kind of God we serve? We serve an, an incredible God. We serve a healing God. We serve the God of the impossible. Somebody's got to give me an amen for that. That deserves an amen. <laughs> Come on. 
God is beyond our ability to even comprehend. We don't even know how much we don't know about God. Get your head around that for a second. We don't even know how much we don't know. He is infinite. The Bible talks about Him as, uh, there's lots of omni words uh, that come up in the, in the Bible. And omni means all. All right, so this is kind of, I don't know if it's Latin, I think it's Latin, omniscient, omniscience, all-knowing, all he, he knows everything, omnipresent, I think that one's self-explanatory, he's, he's everywhere, the psalmist talks about, you know, I can go down to the depths of the ocean, I can go to the highest mountain, I can go here, I can go there, wherever I go, you'll be there. And, and his word talks about how, he's, how he is everywhere, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, there are all these kinds of things about God. So I, I, I know that you know that. And that's kind of the, you know, I'm saying these things and none of them, I hope, are startling revelations or new information for you. But that's kind of the, the point of the series. <laughs> so I, I don't apologize for saying things that you already know uh, and are already convinced of because we need to be reminded about these things. We, meet, we need to be reminded that God knows everything. We need to be reminded in those moments where we think to ourselves, I'm alone, nobody knows what I'm going through, nobody knows what pain I'm experiencing, nobody knows how I'm suffering. We need to be reminded that God sees and God knows, that you are not alone. When we are facing impossible odds, we need to know that there is a God who is all-powerful, that there is a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. We need to know that there is nothing that is impossible for God. Do you know what kind of God we serve? I want to show you a few verses here because the Bible's always good. Genesis 1 verse 1. Well, most of us could probably recite this from memory. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There we go. It's on the screen. So, you know, I'm not really giving any points for memorization today, but <laughs> you can read. That's a point. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And that's a really, uh, it's an innocuous kind of little statement, isn't it? And it's one of those statements that we read over and then we kind of, you know, we get to the more stuff and we don't really often stop and actually think about everything that is contained in that short little statement. Because if we do, we begin to be amazed. When When we stop and look at that, God created everything in our universe, out of nothing. Human beings cannot create one single atom out of nothing, not a single one. We can change stuff, but we can't make something out of nothing. We cannot do it. It is impossible, but God is the God of the impossible. God is the God who spoke and suns, and planets, and galaxies, and the, the Milky Way, and, and, and life-bearing earth with trees, and water, and, and stuff springs into existence. It's mind-boggling kind of stuff. We have a creative God. He didn't just create stuff, but created stuff that uh, exists in perfect harmony and synchronization with itself. All the different parts, like this infinitely complex machine uh, that God designs that, that, at least when He created it, worked in perfect harmony. Maybe we've changed a few things along the way. Um, but it was, you know, there was, there was balance and there was, um, what's the, oh, I can't think of the word. Um, 
Anyway, doesn't matter. It worked perfectly. It was good. <laughs> We're just a word. So we have a creator God who, who literally everything was spoken into existence by him. Uh, there was another story that I thought of. I don't want to spend, it's not a, like a creation message today, but I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. It'd be kind of hard to talk about God's miracle working power without throwing that in there. Uh, do you remember the story of Abraham? God had given Abraham uh, this promise that he was going to have a son that had no children. And uh, in, in Genesis 18, uh, it says that uh, God appeared to Abraham in the form of a, uh, a man and they were there. And he says, you know, he kind of reminds him about this promise. And in uh, and, and, and verse 14, it says, Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself when she heard uh, this, this, what she thought was a man but was God, uh, saying that she was going to have a baby. She's like, I'm an old lady. Uh, <laughs> and she says, I love this. She says, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? <laughs> Especially when my master, did you get that ladies? No. <laughs> my husband is also so old. She says, we're old, wrinkly people. How are we going to have a baby? It doesn't work that way. My days are done. They're gone. I missed my chance. It says, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. We can go through the Old Testament. We can go through story after story after story. We've got Israel's delivery uh, from slavery in Exodus. Last, time, last week, I shared this verse from Deuteronomy when it talked about Israel coming to the promised land, Deuteronomy 7. And, and it's, it's saying, perhaps you will think to yourself, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? But don't be afraid of them, just... Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes and remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm which he brought you out of Egypt. The Lord your God will use this same power against all the people you fear. I think we probably know, we've probably seen the movie, The Ten Commandments, we've seen, we, we know a bit of the story at least, maybe you don't remember all the details, but we know some of the amazing, impossible things that God did to rescue His people out of slavery. And you can read through, you can read stories like Daniel, how God protected him from the lions. You can read stories about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, about how God protected them uh, from fire. When they were thrown in to be executed, you can read story after story. Gideon, and here's, here's a verse from something that Jeremiah said. Jeremiah was a prophet who uh, prophesied the exile of Israel, the, the captivity in Babylon. But he says, Sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You are the great and powerful God the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. Job, 
Job says uh, in 42, says he replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. Story after story after story, the Bible tells us again and again and again, Isaiah declared that God's ways are higher than our way, or God declared through the prophet Isaiah, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As far away as the the heavens are above the earth, so far above us is He. And His ways above our ways. He is the God of the impossible. And the Bible tells us again and again and again. It's like there's this, this message that God is trying to get through to His people. He says, I want you to know that I am the God of the impossible. I want you to know that nothing is too hard for me. You need to know it. You need to believe it. You need to be sure of it. You need to have a conviction about it in your spirit. And you will, rem- you will, you will have that as you begin to remember and tell the stories about the things that I've done. And the story continues in the New Testament, doesn't it? The story continues with a woman who gives birth who's never been with a man. The stories continue again and again with Jesus and his ministry and his healing blind people. And he's he's raising up people who've been uh, unable to walk since birth. When when John uh, John the Baptist was imprisoned and he was facing uh, execution, and he sent his disciples, his followers, his students over to Jesus just to double check and make sure that he'd got it right. <laughs> you remember that? He says, uh, they come to him and they say, John says, are you the one or, is, or, or, or did we get it wrong? And what is Jesus' response? Luke seven twenty two. this is Jesus' response. He says, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. And the disciples come back to John and and John just rejoices. He's just like, (laughs) woohoo! Yes! This is the God of the impossible walking among us. The God of the impossible made flesh. Colossians 1 says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. But through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. What is He talking about? Spiritual realm unseen world everything was created through him and for him god has power and he has demonstrated that power over every everything in in the physical world in the seen world he's and and you know we read the gospels we see that we see jesus speaking to storms and and calming the the wind and the waves You see Jesus multiplying a few loaves of bread enough to feed thousands of people. 
we see him turning water into wine. All kinds of things we see throughout, uh, even death itself. Jesus defeated death, couldn't keep him. God has power over all the unseen realm as well. We see that too, don't we? We see Jesus casting out unclean spirits. See Jesus casting out demons, setting people free, delivering, healing, restoring everywhere he went, over and over again. And he passed that authority over the, the unseen realm onto his, his disciples, onto all those who would believe and all those who would come after him and all those who would follow him. And folks, that's us too, isn't it? He gives us authority over the unseen realm, over and over again. It's a pretty clear kind of message, isn't it? When you're looking for it, we see it. God is the God of the impossible. His, the Bible is full of impossible stories, of impossible outcomes, of impossible victories, of impossible healings, of impossible salvations, of impossible provision and help for those who are in need. And I want to encourage you this morning... I don't know what kind of impossible thing you're believing for. Maybe there's a, an imp- impossible provision that you need. And you're just like, this is what I need and I don't see any way humanly that it's going to happen. Maybe there's somebody that you're praying for and it just seems like they are so resistant to the gospel and they are so hardened against God that there seems like no way that God could ever break through to that person's heart. Maybe there's other circumstances, maybe there's sickness and you're like, this. doctors have told me there's, there's no treatment, there's no cure, there's no whatever. God is the God of the impossible, God can heal cancer. God can do things that medical science has not yet figured out, may never figure out, I don't know. <laughs> He's the God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible for God. But you know what? Even more than nothing being impossible for God, nothing is impossible with God. And I want to explain to you why this is different. It's one thing to say God can do this. But in His Word, He says that when, when we surrender to Him, when He is in us, that He works through us. And so when we are with God, nothing is impossible for us when we are with God. That's a little bit trickier to accept, isn't it? That's a little bit more challenging because we go, oh yeah, I know God can do anything. And when God says, I want you to go and pray for that person who's, who's sick or whatever, and we go, oh, I'm not sure whether that's a good idea. <laughs> and God says, I want you to... To, to do this or do that and I want to kind of you know work a miracle through you maybe sometimes that's a little bit more challenging sometimes there are things uh, Luke 18 verse 27 Jesus this is Jesus speaking he says what is impossible for people is possible with God what is impossible for people is possible God when we have the God of the impossible working in us and through us suddenly things look different suddenly this is not about my strength suddenly this is no longer about my ability or what I'm capable of 
suddenly when I'm being obedient, I'm in step with the Holy Spirit and, and, you know, He calls me and says to do something, it's not my power that I'm relying on or drawing on, it's His. And I'm going to come back to that and go, do you know what, this isn't about me and what I can do, this is about what God and what He can do. Romans 8.31 says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? You know, God is with us. Sometimes we say, you know, we talk about God being on our side. I think probably it's a little bit more accurate maybe to say that we've chosen to be on God's side. <laughs> you see the distinction there? Because uh, God's the captain. He owns the team. And we were just smart enough, maybe, or, or whatever it was, to, to pick the winning side. And we said, all right, I'm going to be on God's side. We follow where He goes. We do what he, he calls us to do. But because we are on His side, because we are acting under His authority, because we are uh, walking out as His hands and His feet in the world, we know that there is power that is available to us when we are on His mission. His mission is the great commission. When we're doing what God's called us to do as His church and as His, His followers, when we are preaching the gospel, when we're laying hands on the sick, when we are uh, casting out demons and bringing deliverance and freedom uh, and introducing people to Jesus, there is power that backs that up. And that's what Jesus promised. He promised to His disciples and He says, when you go out and you speak and you share the gospel, then signs and wonders and miracles will accompany it the preaching of the gospel. Sometimes I think one of the reasons that we don't see a lot of miracles is that we're not doing a lot of sharing the gospel. With God, nothing is impossible. Let me just give you a few, these, these are a few things. We could have made this list really, really long today, but I've kind of just picked a few things that I want to highlight that God can do in us and, when, and with us, yeah? Number one, I can stand against the enemy. This is the thing, you know, we, we talk about the unseen realm, we talk about spiritual uh, forces at, at work and sometimes, you know, we, we talk about being in a spiritual battle, don't we? Sometimes we talk about being under spiritual attack or wrestling with spiritual stuff. Here's what God says, He says, with Him we can stand against the enemy. Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, to put on every piece of God's armour so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. God has equipped us and given us everything that we need. And when we read through those, those things, I'm sure that you've all heard sermons about the armour of God, yeah? I know I've preached it a few times. Hopefully you are listening and paying attention. I know some of you have been doing it in small groups and studying it. They're all things that we've already been given, aren't they? Every piece of that armour is something that we already have available to us and have been given in Christ. We don't have to go searching for anything or try to, you know, find something new. It's, it's all there. We have everything we need to be able to stand firm against the enemy. Number two, I can resist temptation. Now, sometimes that's the same thing as standing against the enemy, sometimes it's not. Um, uh, but we can resist temptation. With God, we can. We do not have to give in to it. 
You don't have to give in to that uh, donut. You don't have to give in to that, you know, extra game on the Xbox. You don't have to give in to that buying that extra pair of shoes or whatever it is that you didn't really need and you don't have the money for. You know, whatever it is that, that you know, uh, we could give lots of examples, but we can resist temptation. First Corinthians 10. Says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. That doesn't mean that you don't have a choice to give into it. He just says you've got a choice. He says he gives you the strength and the power that you need if you ask him. Uh, he's given you everything that you need to be able to stand against that temptation. He says when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say he will take you out of it. It doesn't say he will push you through the way out. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes that would be easier, wouldn't it? It's like God shows us the way out and he strengthens us, but we're the one who's got to got to walk out and, and walk away or resist the temptation or whatever that might be. Um, another impossible thing with God, I can pray for miracles. You don't have to be a pastor to pray for someone to be healed. You don't have to be somebody, you know, spiritual to pray for a miracle. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a believer, uh, if the Holy Spirit is with you, then you can pray for someone to receive. I mean, you can pray for a miracle and it can happen. John 14 verse 12. I think this is, this is, uh, is a verse that I love, but I think it's one of the most challenging verses that I find in all of Scripture. <laughs> Maybe that's just me. It says, this is Jesus and he's talking to his disciples. It says, uh, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. When I read about the miracles that Jesus did, I'm not sitting there and thinking, oh, I can do better than that. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> That's not the first thought that pops into your head, is it? You know, you're sitting there and going, whoa, I wish I could do half of that. I wish I could do a tenth of what Jesus did. When Jesus says, you're going to do things that are even greater than what I did. Anyone who believes in me, not, not the mega church pastors, not just the Apostle Paul. We see, like, Paul did amazing stuff. Some of the miracles that... Paul did, I think, would, would rival anything that Jesus did. You, you know, I, I heard all the arguments, oh yes, Jesus was God and, you know, he was anointed for that special purpose and, you know, there's some, tr some truth in that. But then you look at Paul and you go, well, he wasn't God. He was just a man. Like, yes, he had some extraordinary gifts and, you know, God used him in mighty ways, but he was a man who chose to be well, he didn't have much of a choice, but <laughs> he chose to be available to God. He chose to believe what Jesus said, and he did amazing stuff. And that promise is there for us. We can do miracles. Here's one, this next one. I can speak 
the gospel boldly. How many of us have had times when we feel like that's an impossible task? (laughs) I think probably a lot of us have had times, a lot of us probably still feel like that's an impossible one. You know, if we, ever, if we ever kind of work up the nerve to share the gospel, we certainly wouldn't describe it as bold. <laughs> but this is, what, this is what God's... With God, with the Holy Spirit, this is one of the reasons that the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is what Jesus says. He's, he's talking to His disciples and He's saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. He said, this is, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and this is what it's for, to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, we see the fulfillment of, uh, of what Jesus was, was prophesying about here. We see that Peter who had denied even knowing Jesus because he was worried about his own neck, is now suddenly preaching to crowds of thousands of people uh, and telling them that, you know, they'd persecuted the Messiah and they needed to repent and get their life right. And, you know, there's this boldness in this guy that begins to stir the hearts of people. You know, what's the difference? You know, that's the Holy Spirit. It's working with God. Now, you may not ever have the opportunity to stand up and preach to thousands of people, but the same Holy Spirit that was in Peter on that day is in us, or is available to us at least. And in our situations, in our circumstances, in our opportunities, we can have that kind of boldness to speak God's word. Remember, we're talking about we're talking about the impossible. Okay. I don't want to hear any of those excuses. Oh, that's just not me. That's that's not my gift. I'm not that kind of person. I'm just shy. We're talking about the impossible. We say a a, a shy, timid person speaking the gospel boldly. You say, well, that's impossible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the point. <laughs> You're getting it. <laughs> All right. I can endure suffering, you know, I, I can stick it out, I can, I can patiently endure, I can wait it out um, with, with a sweet spirit, I can endure suffering and persecution and not grow bitter, I can endure suffering and not get a hard heart, I can endure suffering and, and not make everybody around me miserable, impossible, I know, <laughs> impossible (laughs) step too far (laughs) nothing is impossible for God with God second Corinthians 1 verse 4 and 5 says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others not only can you endure suffering but you can stand alongside someone else and help them and comfort them and support them when they're going through something that you've experienced when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with His comfort through Christ. He says it's actually a blessing to be suffering because then you get the comforting of God and that's something that's, 
that's worth having. With God, I can be content. Sometimes, if you're anything like me, it feels like we, we, nothing ever just, it doesn't ever just all fall into place for us. Yeah? I, I don't know, maybe you're not. <laughs> so the, it always just seems like there's just, there's still things missing. Maybe it's, maybe it's kind of like, you know, we need material stuff. If I just had my, if I just had a nicer house, if I just, you know, could afford to upgrade my car, um, if I just wasn't sick, uh, if that relationship could just, you know, be right somehow, uh, if I could just, you know, fill in the blank. But there always seems to be something that we're dissatisfied with. Paul writes to the Philippians and he's thanking them for the gift that they've sent. But he wants to make sure that they know he's not like trying to guilt them into sending more. And so he says, yeah, I didn't really need it, but I appreciated it. He says, I didn't really need it because I've learned how to be content with whatever I've got. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, your gift was a wonderful blessing to me, but I didn't really need it because I know that I can, you know, my, my contentedness is not dependent on what I've got. Contentment doesn't come from material things. How many of us know rich people that are not content? <laughs> or at least rich by our standards. Most rich people don't think of themselves as being rich people, do they? <laughs> Contentment comes, and, and, and this is what we see a little bit of in, in Paul's life. He says, contentment comes from knowing what God has already provided for us and blessed us with. In Ephesians, he says, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing that God has to give. And knowing that God is able to meet our every need. He says, God, God's able to meet my needs. God's able to meet your needs. He says, you know, this was a wonderful gift and thank you. And, you know, it's, it's a real blessing. But, you know, it's, it's God is able to meet all of my needs and God is able to meet your needs. Contentedness is not just about stoically accepting what we've got and trying not to wish for more. Not just kind of, you know, accepting that's my lot in life, so, you know, it's not a lot, but it's my life. <laughs> you know, Paul was not a guy to just kind of sit around going, oh, well, you know, this is what, this is the cards I was dealt, so, you know, I just suppose I just have to live with it. You know, Paul was a guy who was, he was driven, like he was a passionate guy. He was, you know, he'd, he'd spend some time and he'd build a church and he'd, you know, he'd get it up and he'd train up some leaders and he'd go, right, I've got somewhere else to go and he'd go off somewhere else. I've got, there's more places that haven't heard the gospel yet. I've got to go over here and I've got to go to Greece and I've got to go to Rome and I've got to go over here to Spain or whatever. I don't know, I can't remember all the places he went. He went to lots of places because he wanted to share the gospel and it's like he was always going somewhere. But he says, you know, there, there, there is things that I'm passionate about and things that I'm pursuing and things that I want to see happen. I want to see more people give their lives to Jesus. But he says, but in the midst of that, I'm content. And it almost seems kind of uh, 
opposite, isn't it? But he's, he's like, you know, this is, this is my life and I'm, I'm following, I'm doing what Jesus called me to do and I'm trusting him to meet my every need. And so even though there are still things that I'm doing, there's still things that God's calling me to do, I'm content in the midst of that. This is the last one. You'll breathe a sigh of relief. With God, I can forgive. And sometimes that seems impossible, doesn't it? Some situations, for some of us here this morning, there are people that we find it impossible to forgive. And I'm talking about, you know, the, the little things where, you know, someone didn't say hello to me at church last week, but I suppose I'll forgive them. You know? <laughs> Sometimes there, there is, there's people that really wrong us, people that hurt us in serious ways. And yet Christ calls us to forgive. Christ calls us to let go. That doesn't necessarily mean we, you know, invite that person back into our life and trust them, but we let go of the hurt. Doesn't mean we'd be foolish, but we let go of unforgiveness. Ephesians 4, it says, get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of rage, get rid of anger, get rid of harsh words, get rid of slander and all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. God is the God of the impossible. There are all kinds of things that we wrestle with day to day, isn't there? There are all kinds of things that in our lives that seem impossible, that seem too far out of reach. Toby Mack, I think it is, does he sing that song? You gave me the stars, put them out of my reach. Yeah, and he talks about this idea about how God is, it's almost like God has deliberately said, here, this is yours, but then he's kind of put it out of the, the realm of what's possible uh, in, so in, in order that it would motivate us to partner with him. There are things that He wants us to have, but they're only available and accessible in and through Him. And we allow Him to to kind of empower us and strengthen us and to work through us. And then suddenly we see the realization of, of those things that we needed, those things that we hoped for, those things that we longed for. With God, all things are possible. Let's, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Just as, we, just as we're thinking, I just want to kind of put some thoughts by and encourage you just for a moment, just as we reflect. What are the impossible things in your life today? What are those, those areas, those situations, those relationships, those circumstances, those, those situations where maybe you've given up? Maybe you've given up on them ever becoming a reality. And there is, there, is, uh, there is pain associated with that when you think about that because you've given up on that ever happening. What are the things that right now you need a miracle? Are there situations in your life right now where you need God to do the impossible in your life? 
We prayed for some people this morning for healing. Lots of backs, lots of shoulders and maybe that's your impossible. Maybe you've already received your miracle this morning. But God is the God of the impossible. Nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible with God. As we stand with Him, as we walk in partnership with Him, I want to encourage you this morning, and God wants to say to you this morning that nothing is impossible. No dream is too big. No goal is unattainable. Nothing is is out of reach for God. If that's a God dream, if that's a a God desire that He's put in your heart, it is not impossible and, and His Word does not return void. When He speaks, it comes to pass. When He promises, it will happen. When He declares something to be, then it is. And there are things that God wants to declare over your life. There is restoration that He wants to declare over your life right now. There is healing that He wants to declare over your life. There is freedom that He wants to declare over your life. There is wholeness, there is peace, there is joy that God right now is wanting to speak and declare over your life. And for you, in in your human understanding, in in your mind, you've thought that that was impossible. And you've listed off all the circumstances and all the reasons why that could never happen. And God says, forget it. Forget that stuff. Forget that stuff. I'm above that stuff. I'm beyond that stuff. I'm greater than that stuff. I'm greater than any reason. I'm greater than any circumstance. I made it all and it bends to my will. I am the Lord your God. Nothing is impossible for me. Father, we receive that this morning. By faith, we receive that this morning. We allow your spirit to reawaken those dreams and those hopes that were from you that are impossible for us to do. God, we pray that you would come, that you would reveal yourself, that you would work. Do the impossible, God. Bring salvation to people that we think have no hope. Bring healing to those who have no hope. Bring restoration to relationships that seem broken beyond repair. Lord, we trust you. We commit this to you. In Jesus' name, amen. for listening to today's message for more information or to listen to other podcasts head to our website at bethelcrc.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook